0: Welcome in to another episode of Too Many Points here on the Tell Me More Podcast. I'm your host, Mac Moore, and we have joining us once again, Marco Marquez and Justin Pemberton. This is basically, uh, what, Sports Radio 810? Is this just, you guys are taking over the, the world? Basically, is that yeah. Right
1: here? Basically.
0: Marco says do not put the stamp of approval on that. His higher no, up no. not say okay that.
2: <laughs> you know I, w- I wish i was as good as some of the people as the guys that they have on throughout the day um but no i i, I can admit i am no Seren petro or Stephen st john neither those am guys, i those guys are at a whole nother level than exactly. uh, than we're at <laughs> exactly hey, a
0: radio a radio show is only as good as the producers and the people yes. who make sure yes. it keeps running so you guys do a hell of a job and i'm I'm glad that you guys have come on you add a little bit of uh you know professionalism to to the proceedings. i'm a big fan of just cursing a lot and uh just being mean to people but you guys kind of keep us kind of uh, in the center lane you keep us focused on pretending we're real sports experts we're real uh sports talk radio guys that's always good for me i i need those people that are reminding me that uh just because i'm sitting in my basement with uh all this random equipment doesn't mean i get to act like an amateur you know uh, as the uh, one of the Childish Gambino songs say, uh, turn that horizontal, be a professional. Uh, I got to make sure to do that each and every time you guys help me with that. But we're going to get started talking about NFL Week 12. This was a fun week of NFL. I don't know if the other weeks uh, were not as fun or if uh, I just had less work to do and was able to actually watch games with uh, more focus. But this was a week that I felt like even some of those bad games, uh, we're pretty entertaining this week. Uh, one of those games is the, the, the always entertaining, never going to be a blowout. And in this case, maybe the rudest backdoor cover uh, we've seen in a long time. <laughs> you got the Seattle Seahawks <laughs> taking down the Eagles, but not before oh, Carson Wentz, throws a Hail Mary, and the, the, the god of Hail Marys, uh, Richard Rodgers, pulls down another one this time. I don't even know how he got there, but he did. And sure enough, they also get the two-point conversion. They cover the six-and-a-half-point spread. And uh, I, I don't know if there's any other, you know, big takeaways from that game. Other, I guess, the big thing would be even with that final touchdown. When we look at how the Seahawks played, particularly defensively, uh, that's two weeks where for most of the game they're able to kind of uh, shut down the opposing team. I'm not going to count garbage time, particularly when you know the ball falls to the ground. They don't even get that, and the Eagles' offense just looks putrid. We also know that that's how the Eagles offense looks no matter what the defense is. So when you guys see those games, you see what the Seahawks have done in back-to-back week. When you walk away, is there anything to take away from this game or did the Seahawks just get uh, the job done and we're going to have to wait for the next couple games to kind of see has that defense really kind of turned the corner and got them to the point where they can be a serious contender down the stretch? Marco, we'll start with you.
2: I thought last night's game was just kind of how we expected. Um... Car- this Eagles team um, is suffering at the wide receiver position. Um, also, Twitter haters out there, don't crap on Carson Wentz. He's, <laughs> he 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 was one of the top QBs and then has suffered a leg injury. Let's light up on the guy, uh, lessen the load up on the guy. But, yeah, it's hard to do that with, uh, we- with hardly any weapons out there. Um, but the Seahawks team, I thought that, you know, the defense, as long as they did well against a team that they're supposed to be doing well against, um, let's see what happens. You know, they didn't have to play at their top best to win yesterday's game, and I think that they uh, knew that. Remember, we were—it was—it was a double-digit uh, game until the last second when uh, Rogers just got that was just in the right place at the right time, and that's just from experience back at Green Bay um, as well. But like what you see out of the Seahawks, I think that this is a game where the defense just has to look at itself. And you know what? We did pretty—we did pretty good. Where we did—we did all right for na- for going up against a national football team uh in prime time so if anything it's a confidence booster for the Seahawks um Russell Wilson he just did what he what he had to do yesterday um Chris Carson getting them back into the workload I thought they did well with him in the run game um as well but yeah I think that that yesterday's game just went exactly how we you know thought it would go
0: all right Justin as an internet hater I just can't accept (laughs) Marco saying to leave Carson Wentz alone but I'll let you get in and let me Tell me if you agree with Marco or if you're with me and the rest of the Internet in that Carson Wentz is a quarterback who right now is a career 35 and 31 and one. I guess he got that tie this year, which might actually win them the division. We'll talk about that later. You have uh, 62.8 completion percentage. So while he did have that 2018 year where he had 69 percent nice, uh, the rest of his (laughs) performance has not been very, very good uh and you can kind of you can look at it however you want but you also have to remember this Eagles team was good enough to win with Nick Foles at you know jumping in and getting in there to win the Super Bowl when you have that and you're talking about the pieces around you sure you can say now he doesn't have the pieces that's why he's playing bad also he only has performed well when he had pieces good enough to lead Nick Foles to a Super Bowl victory so I have to ask Justin do you agree with Marco do you agree with me is Carson Wentz is he good, bad, or should we just hold out? Do we need to wait and see if uh, he can get the pieces around him, if he can turn this around?
1: You also need to remember that last year they had to call upon a 40-plus-year-old quarterback to play in a playoff game. Okay, <laughs> so that's a problem. Um, listen, I I I would have given more of uh, a chance with, uh, with uh, Jalen Hurts last night. He only had, what, two plays last night? I mean, I would have. I would have had him in there and try to see if he was going to light a spark on the team. Um, I think there should believe, be. Go ahead, Mac. I believe he got a perfect
0: completion percentage. Wasn't he one of one? And they're still like, let's uh, I, go with. I win. don't know what let's it was. I, uh,
1: I, can, I can look it up here. Um, I didn't quite pay attention to. I just know he was in there for a couple of snaps last night. Um, yeah, he went for one with a six yard completion.
2: Woo. He's hundred percent. Oh boy. 100%. 100%. Okay.
1: All right. <laughs>
0: The new leader. I think, Congratulations Tua, on that one. Tua had the all-time accuracy, uh, all-time completion <laughs> percentage for one week there, but now you know who it is. Uh, hey, we, we got Jalen least, Hurts out there at the top. But Marco least, says, le- keep it. You got the guy. You got the right guy. You just don't have the right pieces. I I, I believe the announcers uh, echoed Marco's sentiments that uh, you know why why throw in Jalen Hurts when uh, you don't have the pieces to succeed. And I would say at this point, it's because even True. without those pieces. We have not seen a Carson Wentz who is a pro quarterback. We have not seen a guy who's even slightly above average in two-plus seasons now, Marco. And so at that point, it's not about whether you're throwing in a guy to win today. It's figuring out whether Jalen Hurts is the guy because it's hard to imagine you go in another year. If you're wrong about Wentz, if it's not just about the pieces around him and he's just not that guy, which might be because of the injuries, might be because we uh, reacted too quickly when he had some okay seasons with a really great roster around him. But you have to figure that out, and you don't want to waste a whole nother year throwing it to Wince, and you didn't even give a chance. You have games right now We can figure out what Jalen Hurts is all about.
2: Hey, I never said he was a good quarterback. You took it out of context. I was just telling people to be, not be so harsh on the guy because he's just – he's a human, and all these people out here slandering him. You know, build him up. We need some more confidence in him. No, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. <laughs> I can't build no, up all a, quarterbacks. I can't build up the bottom. in guys. an MVP season. <laughs> He suffered a torn ACL MVP season. This guy went through one of the worst injuries that an athlete could go through and hard to come back from. Uh, I got no problem with bringing in Jalen Hurts next year because I think right now the Eagles are probably moving in the right direction. They got the head – because that's what you do. You get your head coach and then you get your quarterback. They just had to restart because of what happened to Carson Wentz. He's not going to be at the level that he was at because he suffered a knee injury, an ACL, a torn ACL. It's hard to come back from that type of stuff unless you're Adrian Peterson where you know that's just a once-in-a-generation type of player – but Carson, but yeah, Carson Wentz, it's there's no it, you guys read the stats. You guys know he's not he's not good. He's not good. Maybe he's will be better off playing with the Jets or the Jaguars. Um, because they know they could use some they could use a level up on a quarterback. No, you don't think so? That's not a
0: good is that, well, they and, could use some level up, but uh that's not a good place for Carson Wentz to restart this business. No, it's if you're not. trying to get him in a <laughs> no. situation to get it to work, you named the two wrong places.
1: And can we, no, and exactly. can we also And can we also maybe uh, look at the possibility of his career, his college career being kind of overhyped because he played at North Coast State and the fact that it's FCS football, you don't really play anybody. And maybe that's also kind of why the resume of one, Chris Kleiman, the uh, head coach at K-State, is a little kind of maybe, you know, overhyped too because it seemed a little bit easier at that level compared to playing the big boys in the FBS level where you you get more kind of prepared for your for your next part of your career. You kind of build up your body your you know, all that kind of stuff. I I just kind of look at that as a possibility just because, I mean, again, it's North Coast day. They don't play anybody. And maybe Carson Wentz just isn't as good as we thought he was.
0: I don't think so, because at one, I just want to get all your sound bites of each time you've talked about Kleinman, <laughs> where it's gone this roller coaster of he's doing Whoa. great and then he's awful, and maybe he's overhyped, and I, I, I want to get those, but we'll save K State for either another day or later in the podcast when we get to NCAA football. But uh. Uh, I do want to say for Carson, Wentz, I don't think that was, I don't think we overhyped him. I think if anything, I mean, there was a little bit of kind of uh, the the lack of tape could uh, you know help. You become, you're whoever you look like when you first show up. The reason Carson Wentz was hyped high is because he played really, really well starting out for the Eagles before that injury. He looked really darn good. I don't think there were a lot of people who were sitting there saying after watching him in North Dakota state, I think he's great. I think if anything, there were more detractors. There were more Justin's running around saying, <laughs> uh, he didn't play anybody. Uh, also Josh Allen didn't play anybody, had worse stats. And right now he happens to be an MVP candidate. So, There's a lot that goes into being successful in the NFL, and it's not as easy. There's no reason for me to look back at his college career, because that doesn't matter. I'm looking at his NFL career, and I'm looking at maybe we overhyped him from the moment we thought, okay, when he's playing an MVP caliber, that's all about him and not all about everybody that's around him. And so it's up in the the air to me. I I don't know if uh, it's about the injury more so than the loss of talent around him. He had to deal with both, and we probably will never know. It'll be very tough. Unless we just see Carson Wentz get it put back together and gets past that injury, we'll never know which thing was the the bigger factor. Did we overhype him from the way he played in the NFL? But I don't care about his college career because, once again, there are things you can take away that can help you figure out who to pick. But the moment he starts performing in the NFL, I don't give a shit what he did at North Dakota State. I'm worried about what he's doing for the Philadelphia Eagles. It started out good. It's not so good right now. Uh, next up, I want to jump to, uh, the, this, uh, you know, I was going to say Seahawks if there's anything to take away, but as you guys said, there there wasn't really much. I do want to knock out NFC East. We need to finish this. And I know we just (laughs) talked about the Eagles for way too long, but I want to knock out NFC East. I don't want to talk about them again until we're at the playoffs. So I want to know right now who wins the division. Like, just tell me who it is and we can just forget about the rest of nfc east games i don't need to tune in i don't need to look i will know right now marco tell me who's going to be slotted in for that ridiculous home playoff game uh by winning the nfc least
2: it's washington they're they got the best of the qb situation right now and we saw that and they got a really good defense under under uh, underrated defense all right
0: justin i feel like you're gonna have a similar answer based on what we talked about last week
1: yes yes uh, same, uh, Alex Smith, uh, the, the story of, of him coming through, you know, all the, all the surgeries, of course, Ron Rivera battling cancer. And yeah, I mean, that the defense is playing out of its mind right now, coached by ex-Saints head coach, Jim Hazlitt. Um, but mm-hmm. of course, Ron, Ron Rivera being an ex, or not an ex, but being a, um, being a defensive minded guy. That just makes it even more better for that defense. And plus, you got the rookie, Chase Young, who is playing so well. Uh, the D-line is the strength of that team. Uh, they they got after Dallas in that Thanksgiving game in the second half. I mean, it, it was a complete uh, butt-whooping in that second half. And, of course, I mean, it's no surprise. I mean, Dallas is terrible. And the McCarthy hire was a complete joke in the very beginning. And that just adds to the <laughs> – Adds more fuel to the fire of just how bad the NFC uh, East is, or as Mac would say, least.
0: (laughs) All right. Here's the one problem. I'd agree with you. I have penciled in Washington is the best team, but I'm not sure if they win the division. Washington has the toughest schedule going mm -hmm. forward. They don't get another cheap game against a divisional rival. That's already off. They're God. They got, they got the Steelers, which you could maybe say this is the perfect time to have to face them because with this game continuously being pushed back, they might get to face the Steelers a couple days after they have to face the Ravens. But after that, you're on Ooh, 49ers. Yeah. Have looked depleted, but we've also seen Shanahan when there's a deficiency on the other team, uh, all even the Rams who are actually playing well, Shanahan yeah. can get a victory with this team. Or maybe it's just uh Shanahan is just that he's in McVay's head at this point. That might be a whole nother situation. And we'll also talk about that later, but Seahawks Panthers, they don't have that clear victory until they get to face the Eagles. Again, the final week right. of the season, I was just, just going to point Eagles, that out. If the Eagles get some of their players back. And if Marco is right at all, that we're just over uh, attacking Carson Wentz based on the people around him, they might be able to get themselves in a situation where they're able to take down Washington. And with that tiebreaker, that might be the only thing they need. That might be the difference in winning the NFC East. And so it's, it's tough for me. I'd almost go with the giants, uh, but they don't have the easiest schedule either. Uh, They'll, they'll have that Cowboys, that final week, that should be helpful. And then you have Seahawks, Cardinals, Ravens. And then right now, uh, you know, I would put Browns as like the easiest team. They're eight and three. The Cardinals are actually the one playing the worst in that group there. Uh, You got, Just that Seahawks, Cardinals, Browns, Ravens, that four weeks. I can't imagine the Giants making it out of that uh, ahead. But this might be a one-game situation. Whichever team gets that one victory might put them in the lead to to end up winning. So they just have to pencil in Cowboys and uh, hope to steal a game down the stretch. Uh, Cowboys have the best schedule but are just so awful that there's no point in even talking about it. I I, I don't know. I I feel like I, I said last week that it was not based on football. But I would pick just based on history and what I know happens every year. The Eagles just slide in, and right now with how tough the Washington schedule is, I'm gonna keep with it. It's a long shot bet, but I, I I'm not right. ready to say it's Washington. Mm-hmm. But Washington is playing really well. I just don't know how they they get out of that schedule with, it, you know, it, one win's gonna be tough, uh, and you're gonna need two to fully clinch it. Uh, I I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to see what ends up happening with them. But uh, right now, I'm just gonna leave on the Eagles because I I love long shot bets, man. That's my that's hey, my
1: favorite thing to do. But hey, it's 2020. Anything <laughs> is possible.
0: What's the point of putting money on the easy bet in 2020? You're just You're throwing right. money away, guys. It's not even worth the thrill of it. Right. So, uh, we, we we want to hit the next one up. We, we're done NFC East. Never talking about it again until playoff time. Uh, <laughs> Packers Bears. Uh, this is an interesting one because not only oh, do boy. the the Packers get the 41 25 win afterwards, Matt Nagy. Uh, we're going down the Andy Reid coaching tree, and uh, I don't know if they're as bad as the Bill Belichick coaching tree, but they're making asses out of themselves left and right. Matt Nagy calls out the defense for its first bad game after he's a offensive play-calling head coach what? with a terrible offense, and he's calling mm. out the defense. So I want to know, bad look for Nagy, or do you think it makes a little bit of sense? And, you know, you talk about what your team's deficiency was. And even though this might piss off the defense that have been holding up, holding your team up and keeping you with the job a little bit longer, uh, he's still right for pointing out what was wrong. And yeah, the defense did not play very well in that game. Uh, offense hasn't played very well in that game or any game before this season. So uh, I don't know if Nagy should have came out. What do you guys think of Matt Nagy making those comments post-game?
1: That, that, that is a bad, bad look for Matt Nagy because come on. I mean, wake up and smell the coffee. I mean, at some point your defense will collapse it can only hold for so long in so many games when your offense can't do crap. I mean, they they can't, they can't throw. They can't run. I mean, that offense is a train wreck. So that, that, that's, a, that's a terrible statement by Matt Nagy. And come on, it's, you're facing Aaron Rodgers, one of the greatest QBs to ever play the game. You're going to get burnt. You're going to get beat. And he's going to have his moments where he's going to pick you apart. So, I mean, you might as well just take it as what it is. And to say that your defense, oh, this is your first bad performance and oh, you stoke out there, that's terrible. No, offensively, that's where it all starts. And uh, they just don't have a quarterback. They don't have anything offensively. And I I just I wouldn't go there. That's that's terrible. Terrible.
2: Yeah. I don't understand that method of coaching when you can just bash the guys, your players in the locker room, um, instead of just bashing them on the media, which is something what Bruce Arians is doing this year also. But let's not forget, Matt Nagy, that you're the person that – you were one, you were the head coach that went after that quarterback in Mitchell Trubisky. You're, you were yeah. part of the organization when they traded up to the third – or second or third, third – excuse me, a third pick uh, for Mitchell Trubisky. Let's not forget, and we can go back to what Justin was saying about uh, uh, Carson Wentz, uh, UNC quarterback. Not a lot of talent over there in ACC, except for Clemson. Uh, but let's not forget Matt Nagy. I, I know I understand it. He's just a gr- he's got little man disease or something. He's just a grumpy. He's just a grumpy guy, and he's definitely did not take the leadership qualities uh, from Andy Reid. Uh, What do you what do you what do you what do you expect? You're going up against a future Hall of Famer, one of the top quarterbacks that we've seen in the last two decades, and Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I mean, you you just got it, you got to be able to keep up with them. You got to be able to comp- keep up with that type of offense, and that's what the NFL is now. You can have a pretty good defense, a top ten defense, but is your offense going to be able to have the firepower to keep up? And it all starts with the quarterback. So no, I I Matt Nagy coming out like that is just bad coaching ethics. And it's a it's a philosophy that it just, it just it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Why bash your players on the media? Why bash your defense when you went out and traded two first rounders for Khalil Mack? Like, come on now. That's just you just you just go. That's not great coaching right there. I wouldn't be surprised if he's fired at the end of the year. That's fair.
0: I will say that uh, I think Matt Nagy's best defense is just blaming Ryan Pace for the. Yes. Trubisky <laughs> but, uh, right. you know, I, I, I think. We're probably going to hit coaching a few more times because you brought up Bruce Arians. That'll be the next one up here. And then uh, Sean McVay also had some choice words about his quarterback play uh, in that 49ers game. So that'll be the next one up. But uh, Chiefs beat the Buccaneers 27, 24 Hill, uh He broke my fantasy football app. <laughs> um, I think after the first quarter uh, we have like uh big play bonuses. So he had 50 points at the end of the first quarter. And the app's trying to be like conservative, projecting the rest. They're so like, he can't keep this up all game. I don't know, uh, thirty points the rest of the way. I I don't know. Maybe that's maybe that's reasonable. Uh, and then he still got twenty points the rest of the way. I was surprised. I thought, generally speaking, that that's not how you would uh, finish it up. But uh, they kept going single high safety. Uh, I, it was actually a perfect moment for me to explain to my wife what single high safety is. Uh, I was telling her about how good Tyreek Hill is doing. I'm like, well, they keep playing single high. I'm like, wait, are they doing it again? And sure enough, as I'm explaining it, they throw it over the top. Tyreek Hill, so perfect. They they helped me teach my wife what that was. Uh, I don't know if that's what they were planning on doing, but they kept with it. I don't I don't know what the hell they were thinking over there. And uh, who's the who's the quarterback that was just getting murdered out there? And they just Davis, never gave him help.
1: Davis, number twenty four.
0: I feel so bad for that guy. Like, that's yeah. that's not fair. That's not a matchup you can do anything about. Like, it's not about how good you are. Like, you can't go after Tyreek Hill and not have somebody over the top. And, uh, you know, I I, I I couldn't believe what was happening there. But, you know, somehow by the end of the game, uh, it's close. Uh, Buccaneers get themselves in a position, and we, we get a few, a few good things. Mahomes gets to have the ball in his hands. Everybody's yelling, this is Andy Reid's moment of, uh, he doesn't know what to do, and 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 his conservativeness is going to, to screw him over. But you also have the, the classic football viewer that's like, you have to run. You have to run out the clock. You can't give Brady time. And I think either way, uh, Andy Reid would have got killed. If you let Mahomes throw it and it's incomplete, you're an idiot for not running the time off the clock. If you try to run the time off, but you give it back to Brady and he wins, you should have been more aggressive. You have Patrick Mahomes at your disposal. Luckily, Patrick Mahomes is in that position right now where he's, He's in fuego right now. He's on fire. He picks it up. He ices the game. I know those are mixed metaphors, but he gets the job done. And I just I don't even know if there's another quarterback in the league you'd ever tell, hey, this is a situation where you could run out all the clock. Never mind, pass each play because we know you can get the first down, and that first down gets the victory. He doesn't
1: probably Aaron Rodgers, maybe. I mean,
0: Aaron Rodgers is in his prime. And I still don't know. I would still been leaning over to Mike McCarthy. Like you might want to run it here, boss. <laughs> uh, it's, it, it's tough. And Patrick Holmes, he got the job done. And somehow at the end of the game, the entire conversation is on uh, Brady and Bruce Arians. That is the only place that we can look at what happened in that game. So we'll, we'll, we'll just start with the, the, the first bit of the chiefs will go positive, And then we'll jump on to this uh, friction that we've seen all year from Brady and Bruce Arians, but Marco, uh, what's the big takeaway from the Chiefs being able to come in, get the victory over the Bucks, and do it in that fashion, where Mahomes uh, gets to put the game on ice with his arm?
2: Uh, just when we think that uh, the Chiefs, fi- the, the Chiefs' firepower, once again, just proves it again, and we, and now it's like we've seen what, I think we put the league back on alert, like, all right, this is what happens when you're aggressive in coverage uh, against the chiefs. Um, it's going to fail you. And Tyree kill is a top five receiver when he needs to be uh, or when he can be, excuse me. And, uh, but I think it was just, I think it was clutch performance. I think it was, I think was key. Big The key was that they were able to close out a game where they were, you know, almost looked like that they were gonna give it up and we we're about to be in a tight we we're about to be heading into overtime twenty 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 seven, twenty seven. But, you know, they finally learned to put the game to put the ball in Patrick Mahomes' hands. That big that uh, converting getting the big conversion to ice the game was huge. Um I like what I saw the little bit out of Le'Veon Bell out of the pa- out of the run and passing game. He made something out of nothing on that swing pass uh from uh, and I think he almost I think he got the first down on it actually. Uh mm-hmm. I can't remember what quarter it was, but I like I like what I've seen out of him since we haven't seen much of him yet, and I'm looking forward to what the run game can become uh, once we get to the once we get to uh, playoff time because that's going to be huge. That's why you went out and drafted a running back in the first round, that's why you went out and snagged someone like Le'Veon Bell. So you could you can add you can grow your rookie and you can keep the veteran legs healthy until you're going to need them. So the run game coming out and establishing that you have, you have a different part of your offense now, uh, that is legit. I like it. That was my biggest takeaway. The run game is there for the chiefs now.
1: And speaking of running the ball, how, how about uh, that one run by Mahomes when he totally faked out yeah. uh, a couple, couple of those defenders when, when he, uh, actually he was going to pitch the ball and he yes. just braids it back. That was, that was disgusting. Um, no, but another good win for the Chiefs. Uh I, I, I do wish they would uh try to learn how to not make games as, as close as what they are not supposed to be. Um mm-hmm. I uh I, I think next time if you want to run black pearl, uh just run the ball can in, Kelsey. I mean, please can 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 we just run the ball in. You don't have to throw the ball. I know you're a quarterback in high school, but you don't have to throw the ball. Even though Mahomes is probably saying, throw it to me. I'm I'm right here, I'm wide open. Uh, but just just run in. I mean, that that's nothing nothing too critical or negative to say about the game. But um uh defensively, I think they could always still improve in the the stop and the run uh is still a weakness. Um of course Brady's gonna still have his moments where he's gonna get you. I know he's you know 43 years old. Um, but I think that game should have been not as close as it was, but hey, I mean, when you've got Mahomes and when he's just throwing bombs to Tyree Hill, the Kelsey, and whatnot, I mean that—that's what's going to take care of it's Take care of the game, and I'm—I'm I'm just so impressed with how Mahomes was just going out there just slinging the ball, mm-hmm. and he's just right back up there in, in the MVP conversation.
0: I think right now it's his. I think
1: mm-hmm. yes. at least the
0: way the other MVP candidates have kind of slid down. Uh, I mean, they're, they're the only other team, like when you're, when you have the criteria being not just, you need to win your division, but you also need to be, uh, you know, a 12 plus win team, uh, you know, the, the Steelers and the chiefs really only ones on track for that. Uh, you have, uh, Seahawks at, at nine and two, uh, you know, you could argue that or saints at nine to two, they don't have an MVP player there. Mm -hmm. Then it's a bunch of teams at eight and three that, you know, uh, you definitely can make an argument for, but none of them have been perfect. None of them have had, uh, you know, that play where it really does. Like it looked like maybe Russell Wilson in the early going of the season was just going to narrative wise, say that it was so impressive that you could give it to him. There's nobody else. So I think once again, uh, with the way Patrick Mahomes has played, the way it has been perfect and the way that he's going to be one of two teams that are probably, you know, 13, 14 wins. uh, I don't, I don't know on the Steelers who to give it to, uh, you know, may, maybe Chase Claypool, but uh, or, or Minka Fitzpatrick on the defensive side. I don't know, but uh I think it's Patrick Mahomes. I think uh, right now he he's not just got himself back in the conversation. He is the conversation. It's who can get yeah. themselves into the same breath as Patrick Mahomes. And you know, right now I'm I, I'm not seeing who that next person is. I think it's kind of a cluster between Rogers Wilson and you know. Once again, uh, people won't say Josh Allen, but Josh Allen keeps winning, so. uh you know, I, I think he has to be right there. I don't think he's a serious contender, but I do think he's probably the next one on that list. Uh, in, in terms of the other side where uh, Tom Brady, uh, you mentioned it, he's 43 and people want to keep talking about he's old. They want to figure out who to blame when the Buccaneers are seven and five uh, in an NFC uh, that is, you know, jam-packed with eight and three teams. Uh, they're the They're that last team of fighting to see if they can still be a contender, but he's 27 to 41. 345 passing yards, three TDs, two interceptions. And while the interceptions could be a problem, like we mentioned, he got himself in position. And if Patrick Mahomes isn't able to be as clutch as he is, uh, he found a way to get into a game where this should have the, the doors were blown off in the first quarter by Tyreek Hill. This shouldn't have been a game. So no. when you have post-game people talking negative about Tom Brady, how much of that, you know, how much is just from the previous week? So they're just kind of building onto the narrative. And how much do you really have to question Tom Brady's performance when he has that stat line?
1: I think I think it is uh, just stacking up from previous weeks. I mean, the the Bucks were what seven and two at one point, and it was they were everybody's darling, everybody's team. Oh, they're going to be the first team to play on their home field in the Super Bowl. And I think Arian said it in the in the in the press conference after the game uh, that you picked all of us at the beginning of the year. To, you know to win it all. You pick you picked us back in August to you know to win the Super Bowl. And it just doesn't work that way. You gotta you gotta keep practicing. You gotta keep getting better. And that that team's full of guys that are just not quite there yet. And it's actually really surprising because uh it's the second half of the season, even though they're now on their actual bye week now. So really their second half begins next week. Um but I mean it it's go time and uh to see Tampa Bay, you know kind of lingering down the stretch here that's not a good sign because you're out of options of, of playing tough teams to make a statement because rest of the way you're playing easy teams so even if you win those games you're not gonna be taking that seriously and going into the playoff time it's just it's not gonna look very good for Tampa Bay so I mean they kind of squandered opportunities and can we, can we just say this is probably the worst broadcasting performance from one Tony Romo? Uh, because all game no, long. No he, no. no, he he he's trying to why all game long, he's trying to find ways to keep saying that Brady's like the second, you know, still a top tier quarterback and second to Mahomes and all this stuff. And I don't know if he you ever know, said he, that.
0: I feel like your quotes are pretty far off on this one, Justin. I don't I watched the game, I don't remember Tony Romo saying it. He was the second best quarterback today. I don't remember him saying that.
1: Well, I mean, he maybe he didn't say like literally, but I mean he was <laughs> trying to like find a way to make it look like he was on that bandwagon. And clearly, I, I, I broadcaster trying to be unbiased.
0: Well, t- Tony Romo is trying to correct what is an overreaction, I think, from people with Tom Brady. They have been very upset with his performance so far this year, and they keep talking um. about how. He went well. He chose this. He went to a team with vertical passing with all these players, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know the, the the fact that he's not able to be even better—it's not enough to be better than what the Patriots did last year. He should be better with all of those weapons. He should be better than the guy up across from Patrick Mahomes. And one—that's just stupid because nobody is cross is across from Patrick Mahomes and better than him. It's just not—it's not a thing. It doesn't no. exist. Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes is the best by a lot, and. From there, then it becomes, you're talking about a COVID offseason where they, I mean, I know Tom Brady got in more reps than everybody else was supposed to, but that's still not enough reps to learn a new offense, which is what he had to do. He's had 20 years of an offense that is his, that is built around him, that is all these things that he's learned, that he has receivers that they know, and if they get plugged into the system, they don't get a play until they learn. And now he's going, and not only are these new players, This is the Bruce Arians' offense. Mm -hmm. There has been very little changing Mm -hmm. it to make it match Tom Brady. And the fact that he's done as good as he has done, and the fact that he's 43, yeah, I'm right there with Tony Romo. It's nonsense to put negative on Tom Brady and pretend like this has been a problem. If you want to do for the Buccaneers team, fine. There, There are things that they need to fix, they need to work on to be better than seven and five. But Tom Brady has done an amazing job when you look at every factor that goes into what he's had to do this year. And so Tom Brady being or Tony Romo, being in a position of a quarterback, knowing what goes into learning offense, getting everybody on the same page, of course he's going to come out and defend Tom Brady. He's not making the argument that Tom Brady's the second best quarterback. He's not even doing close to that. He's just telling you, this performance is magical. When you watch it, you should be impressed. Like, And I'm somebody, I, I'm right there with you guys. I want to see Tom Brady lose. I had fun watching it in, uh, the, the few times that the Chiefs defensive line could actually get to him. Uh, I love those moments. But I also am not going to miss the opportunity to watch Tom Brady do something special, which is be 43 years old, go to a new team with vertical passing routes. And if you're talking about him being 43, he's still throwing it. He's throwing it better than he has in the last three years. So just those conversations, I, I, whatever sort of analysis you want to do, fine. But I'm not even sure who these people are that were saying Buccaneers are going to the Super Bowl. I didn't hear anybody having that conversation before the year. Like, and occasionally, I- there, it was. It wasn't that nobody said it, but it definitely wasn't the overwhelming opinion that the Buccaneers were the front frontrunners. Uh, if anything, it was just kind of a joke. There's like, well, you got Tom Brady, you got Mike Evans. Throw Rob Gronkowski in the mix. Looks like a Super Bowl team. It, nobody was sitting there for sure telling you because nobody could be for sure. Nobody knew what this team would look like until they saw him on the field. And when you saw them, they were much better than anybody could expect them to be based on all the changes that you have to make when you bring in a new quarterback and you try to go out there with a shortened offseason the way that they had this year.
1: Well, do, do you guys watch uh, Good Morning Football on NFL Network?
0: I try to avoid it. Yeah. Are, are you saying that those three convinced you that everybody you, believed the Buccaneers were going? They, so the one guy who's picking Chiefs Buccaneers because he thinks it's fun, I don't even know the guy's name. He's, he, he's promoting the Chiefs every week, and I still hate all, the guy. That's how bad the, he is. So you're telling me the, that's the guy that convinced you?
1: The three, the three guys that are on that show, they all picked Tampa Bay as their NFC champion. I swear.
2: Yeah, and all the guys that's
1: on cool. Fox Sports pick the Saints, though. Yeah. Well, they're smarter. <laughs> Apparently. Well, no. i picked Green Bay. <laughs> that's not that's not a bad pick either. I mean, picking Aaron Rodgers. Who, who did you pick? pick? Is Buccaneers a bad pick? Yes. Because there, now no we're one different different but we, We've never seen a team to this point yet to play in their own home stadium for the Super Bowl. So, is born to do that it with has the closest Buc- one
0: to do That has nothing to
1: do with this team. The, that does not change whether
0: the Buccaneers can make it to Super Bowl. You think because it's located in Tampa Bay, what is somebody going to like trip them? Is somebody purposely making them not make it? Because that has no bearing on whether they can well, make it to not, the Super Bowl this year. It's not, it's, it's not. I think just we knew Miami maybe. wasn't going
2: to make the Super Bowl last year at the beginning of the year,
0: and that was because of how <laughs> they played, not because it was located in Miami. Come on, Justin. That's not, an, that's not a football opinion. That has nothing to do with how good they
1: are. It it wasn't just based on that. It's also you're adding an old Brady, old Gronk, and you're adding all these new pieces. I mean, that's fine. They're seven and five. It looks looks good on paper, but
0: so so they're seven and five despite all those new pieces. So that means theoretically, they should have the ability to keep getting better, to keep improving, get more chemistry. So they should be better than their seven and five record at this point. Is what you're saying? they lost the last two games they were they were uh you you mentioned it they were 7 in uh 3 2 and uh no i think is it, 7 in seven and 3, three. They, on a they, game they beat the panthers three. yeah they beat the panthers mm-hmm. then it was two 3 point losses to the rams and to the chiefs those are playoff teams so I, I don't know how when you look at that you see well that's not a super bowl team but the packers are the packers who got the breaks beat off them by the same Buccaneers team that you think is not a Super Bowl team. I think every team in the NFC, you're, you're just throwing at a dartboard. So uh, I don't think the Buccaneers is any worse a pick than the Packers uh, or the Saints. And I think maybe the Saints is the best pick. But you also have Drew Brees, who needs to come back off of a rib injury, a punctured lung. And, mm-hmm. and you know, I, I think it, it it's impressive that they keep winning even with Taysom Hill in there. But I don't think that tells you that they're a lock to make it to the Super Bowl. So. Well, I think the AFC is just, it's all over the map. And then on the, the AFC side, you're either going, let's go with Patrick Mahomes, who keeps winning, or we'll go with the Steelers, who at this point, nobody's proven they can beat them.
1: You know, going back to the Saints, you know, just real quick, and especially with the last few years of their bad luck in the playoffs, when they have the officials, you know, not being on their side, and, of course, the <laughs> the, the 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 miracle and, uh Minneapolis happening to them, so... I don't know. The NFC is crazy. I mean, there that that is a strong conference, and it's not as good as the AFC. I mean, it's it's better than the AFC because it's really just the Chiefs and the Steelers. I don't know. We'll see what happens, but it's crazy.
0: Well, I think in fairness, it, it's Chiefs and Steelers are the only ones who I really see is is right, good picks right. to make football. But that doesn't mean they're mm-hmm. better than the, the the rest of the AFC. The AFC is also top heavy with as many eight and three teams. Mm-hmm. You know, seven and four teams, seven and five teams. The, they have a lot of good talent, too. It's just they also have two clear front runners, and the NFC doesn't. Like, the closest one, like I said, is the Saints, and their situation they're in makes them where they're not the clear front runner. But uh, do we want to talk about Saints-Broncos? Do we want to talk about this old-school game, no quarterbacks? Do we uh, – uh, just start with the first one. Uh, should it have happened? Should that game have been played where there is no quarterback for the Broncos? Do you feel like the NFL made the right decision with – saying you guys failed to wear masks. This is on you. We're not going to delay this. You have to play and, you know, throw out uh, Kendall Hinton, I guess.
1: I applaud the NFL for doing what they did because it's their, their basic thing was you you're not following the rules. You're not doing what we want you to do. So you're playing this game without any quarterbacks. I mean, as, as much as that look how bad that looks for the NFL, I applaud them for just putting their foot down on, on Denver and saying, hey, you know, you're, you're, you're not doing the right things here. So, regardless of, of who's out, I mean, you're, you're playing regardless. So, I what's your opinion on the NFL constantly
0: uh, moving the Raven Steelers like they're changing dentist appointments? Uh, what's your opinion <laughs> on how they've handled the rest of these games?
1: You know, to 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 be honest, I mean, all this wouldn't happen if if teams would just do what they're supposed to do. I mean, can, can, but can, they we, they can, they ruled just... that the
0: Ravens did. They're 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 ruling that the Broncos quarterbacks are the only ones. That's why they've moved the game is because this can happen. You can get uh, outbreaks. You can have this. That's the the risk you take trying to play in a pandemic. But if it's not deemed to be your fault or a a, a a grave uh you know error on your part in terms of following the protocol rules we will try to work it around to keep moving it and make sure that the game play they're, they're basically saying we're gonna play no matter what and we're not going to week 18 i don't know what they're so scared of week 18 even though they for years been trying to add extra games to the schedule but apparently week 18 is too scary for them I think with that setup, I can agree with you that they at least held the Broncos accountable. But let's not start blaming these other players for getting COVID when we've yet to have anybody say specifically that they did something horrible to, to, to make it happen. This is going to happen when you try to play in a pandemic. There are going to be teams that have outbreaks that have this. Like, that's that's part of the game now. That's part of what you've decided to do by having an NFL season. Yeah. Marco, how you back about week? it?
2: <laughs> that's how i feel about it <laughs> pat Shermer, part off its coordinator i guess i'm i'm, I'm I, I don't I know i guess i'll maybe watch the broncos this week catch them on red zone um but hey kyle Shermer's back former chief Woo. yeah Woo. Well, i guess i will so, be watching this week they play the chiefs <laughs> i still good. wanted
0: john elway to have to come out of the press box and play yeah. quarterback for at least one play but we didn't get it uh nfl yeah. uh does oh, not they- care for Seattle. They, they want us to watch garbage football games where they didn't let a quarterback play, but they can't give us anything fun. You couldn't let the Broncos pick up a random flyer to be quarterback. Right. I, I, it's did, not fair. Like, just yeah, at least be entertaining if you're going to do stuff this stupid. Did, did
1: mm-hmm. you catch the story that the league uh, forbid the Broncos for letting one of their assistants to suit up? The Broncos yeah, were going to. Like,
0: the, the, uh, the quality, the offensive quality control coach. Yeah, Let him, yeah. Let him play, guys. Better than Hinton going out there having not played quarterback in forever. Uh, I mean, I get he was a high school uh, state champion at quarterback, but Jesus, you can't just throw him back there. There's a there's a reason. Uh, I guess that turns us to another question. I was gonna save this for when we talk about the Browns, but we're just not gonna talk about the Browns. Uh, somehow they keep winning. Baker Mayfield uh, keeps throwing bad passes. The the one that they keep showing though, and I think it was uh you know not not to put you guys in a rivalry, but uh six uh, ten Carrington Harrison uh he had uh could you make this pass that baker mayfield guy wide open in the end zone like 15 20 yards down the field could you make it and uh so i'll just start with marco marco can you complete that pass
2: no i'm can not gonna get
0: one, one one completion you can't do it
2: i don't even know if my hand can fit on a football or grip
1: of, or an <laughs> nfl size football i don't know Justin, no i'm never gonna complete say that Oh, uh, you know, I mean, I got, a, I got a decent arm. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not Patrick Mahomes. I mean, I've, got, I've got an arm. I, I remember a long time ago, always you should the suit ball. up for the Broncos. Yeah, they just to no, played. No, no, thank you for that. Fine, I don't, man. I do be part of that dumpster fire.
0: Um, <laughs> You're too good for the Broncos. I love
1: it. That's great. Uh, uh yeah. No, so no, I, I mean, I mean, I mean. If, if my if my footwork is right, and if I'm if I'm right if it's right there on the money, yeah, I, I can I can make it. But you can throw it off I, your back foot.
0: So here's here's my <laughs>
1: answer immediately after, which is I know I can
0: complete the pass that is that fifteen twenty yards. I know that I can stand there, throw it, and connect with the wide receiver. Can I do that while there is a huge defensive lineman pushing a huge offensive lineman into my face? Probably of not. course not. Now, no. if we go to the other conversation, which was can you complete a single pass throughout a game? I, I feel like this is a tough one. I feel like this is kind of like it, it, it's in that uh, you know, comparing the worst team in the NFL versus the best team at college, where are like, well, this is impossible, but maybe this would, you know, it's like th- there are certain things that would be impossible to accomplish when people do these hypotheticals. But I think if you just need me to complete one pass over the game and you don't care if I'm even worse than Kendall Hinton, if I'm one of like 30, <laughs> And you just keep having me do swing passes for a while. I'm bound to complete one of them, like do one of the little toss forward plays. I guess that's where it kind of got more murky. Was uh, people started making the argument as well? It's like, are we getting rid of like an Andy reed type passes? I think Andy Reid could get me three completions. Uh, they're gonna, they're not gonna be real plays. They're gonna basically be running plays. Well, I think you get me three completions. Uh, yeah, no, I can't make the pass Baker Mayfield did because the moment that that offensive of lineman is a foot from me. Uh, there, there is uh, an accident running down my leg and that ball is going straight <laughs> into the back of my offensive line. No doubt in my Christian mind. The old just
2: dropped sack. The old thing yeah, Manning yeah. drop sack.
0: Yeah, there's no no doubt. I I can't, I, like, it, it's a different question. Can I make that pass? Yes. Can I make that play? Like, you put me in Baker Mayfield's shoes. Uh, it looks much worse than what we saw from Baker Mayfield when he missed <laughs> Uh But uh, the other thing being, uh, I said we would talk about coaches. We keep going down the line. Uh, the 49ers end up getting the victory over the Rams. I had each week, I kept betting on the Rams. They had kept paying dividends for me. Finally, this 49ers team beats them because apparently Kyle Shanahan uh, has Sean McVay's number. That's the fourth straight win. Uh, this has been in sickness and in health, to death do they part. Shanahan's going to beat uh, Sean McVay. It doesn't matter. Like uh, the, At times, he's had a better team, but we've also, you know, clearly from this week, he's had the worst team and he's come in and, uh, you know, handed Sean McVay his ass. Now, McVay had a similar moment to Matt Nagy, although I feel like his is less criticized and rightfully so because uh, Sean McVay has elevated the play of Jared Goff for years. And finally, right. after this loss that was uh, pretty largely on Jared Goff's shoulders, uh, Sean McVay just comes out and starts saying that, you know, uh, you know, there are certain plays you just can't have. You can't have uh, not looking up the field and making blind throws and not seeing that you need to just throw it out of bounds. And uh, basically listing everything that should not be describing a starting quarterback in the NFL, uh, let alone a guy who's making, you know, uh, tens of millions of dollars for your team, from your team. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. When you hear that from Jared Goff and you see the Rams lose a quarterback battle between Goff and Nick Mullins, uh, (laughs) you take more away from this from Kyle Shanahan, just being a better coach than Sean McVay. You take more away from this than, uh, at some point, Sean McVay needs to find a way to get a different quarterback than Jared Goff, even if the contract situation makes that next to impossible for the Rams. Who,
2: yeah, who, I, going, I, think, oh, I was I going to say, I think, Kyle, I think <laughs> Kyle Shanahan is just a, um, a, pretty, a, pretty, good coach, a pretty darn good coach. Um, you know, Nick Mullins at quarterback, but he's a running back coach, so he still knows how to run an offense even when he doesn't have a quarterback. Unlike Sean McVay, who put so much reliance on Jared Goff, that they're willing to make him a top five, top three paid quarterback in the league, which I never understood based on talent level. Because again, you're, you're putting weapons around a mediocre quarterback, which is going to work at some points, but it's also going to come to bite you in the ass, which it does now, which is, which is showing. because and It's showing because the Rams are a pass defense. They got Aaron Donald, um, but the run defense just wasn't there for the team. Um, I think Kyle Shanahan's just a better coach than Sean McVay and Sean McVay um you know bit off more than he could chew after that Super Bowl loss.
1: Yeah, I mean there's not much really for me to take away from on this because uh I mean it's just simple. I mean the Niners wanted it more. They just came out and they they played better and, and give give Kyle Shanahan a lot of credit. I mean it's like what you just said, Markle, he he's the better coach and I mean, sometimes you just can't explain things how things mm-hmm. how things go in the NFL. They just do, and just certain teams have a certain team's number. I mean, it, it's it's weird to say because I mean, look at the injuries this year to the Niners. So you're thinking, oh, right off the bat, all the Rams though they should win. But sometimes it just comes down to who wants who wants it better, who wants it more, and the Niners are, are just playing tough right now, and and they're staying in in this crazy divisional race and, 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 this playoff hunt. So I, I give all the credit in the world to uh, San Francisco, who is now having to fight for their lives, you know, playing elsewhere, playing in what Arizona stadium now in, in Phoenix. And uh, I mean, it, it, it's just, it's just crazy. And, and the, the comments from McVay are, I mean, I, I don't think they are harsh at all. I mean, it's just the coach is wanting to, you know, prep up his guys to, to play better. And, and Goff's got to play better. Otherwise, the Rams will be on the outside looking in or make the playoffs and they'll be one and done.
0: All right. So another uh, big moment of a, a team that should have had no shot uh, pulling off the big victory. This will be the last topic before Marco runs away. But uh, Falcons, destroy the Raiders. And I said last week, this was my prime pick for a hangover game for the Raiders. I thought coming off the loss to the Chiefs, you'd put so much energy into that game that even though the Falcons aren't very good, uh, that would be the team that could come in because they have an offense that that works, even if they lose games. I didn't expect this though, because I didn't expect a blowout like this. I sure as hell didn't expect it to happen with Todd Gurley and Julio Jones both on the bench. Uh, when you look at this loss and you see by the end that Derek Carr gets pulled, and they have to throw in Nathan Biederman, that's how bad this game went uh for the Falcons. Uh the uh, you know, you got Koo is the the Falcons uh kicker. Mm-hmm. Like he he's basically between him and Josh Allen, those are the only people keeping my fantasy team afloat this year. <laughs> and uh I I I'm happy with it. It was a good day. Uh, but when you look at it for the Raiders, like, how bad of a loss is it? Is this just that hangover game? Does the 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 optics not really matter versus this is just one loss that they're gonna have to get over? And you know, a lot of glowing things even in a loss versus the Chiefs. Do the Raiders come out of this better, or th- does this kind of uh, make you question if the Raiders can be a true contender this year? Marco, we'll start with you.
2: Um, I'm, I'm, this gave us a first look. I'm really interested what they are going to do after this week. Cause they play the jets and if they, hopefully they don't lose to the jets or else that is an emergency, but then they play a team like the Colts, who's going to probably add Forrest Bunkner back. Um, we saw what Tennessee could do to that defense. And I'm interested to see if the Raiders could do something similar to that. Can they put up points on a, on this good of a defense? I think, like you said, this one was a trap game for them. It was a highlighted trap game. Um, against a team that, on, on the road. So I'm very curious to see what's more out of that Colts game. But I take a joy when the Raiders lose. I take a joy when the Raiders think they have a chance at the division each year. Um, do we all? I, that, yeah, exactly. Uh, it's, it just shows, again, that the first half of the season does not matter in the NFL, really, if you are a true playoff team. And I think the Raiders are going to sneak in into that spot where the, where the NFL, that the NFL created this year, and that's that seven seed. Um, which i'd be really hyped for if the Chiefs are the 2 seed cuz that'd be an awesome playoff game um, but anyway it's it, it's just one of those things where i think the raiders again they they thought they were better than this team and then they got humbled and now they're starting to figure out that oh man we are just the middle of the pack road i lo- i think gruden's a great fit there listen as a motivator for these guys cuz this is a that's a, te- that's a team that's always that, that the raiders have always been but i think we saw the tr- i think we're starting to see the true raiders team now It makes me frustrated as a Chiefs fan, though, that the Falcons' defense was able to do what they did to the Raiders' defense and get to Derek Carr how easy they did it. That's my only frustrated part about it.
0: (laughs) All right, Marco, quick answer real fast, and I'll jump to Justin. But, Marco, you said Raiders slide in that last spot. Uh, Patriots are the next one up as a potential team. If the Patriots can slide there and make it into the playoffs, is that a scary spot for the Chiefs having to face this Patriots squad?
2: No, I'd rather face – Nope. I'd rather face the Raiders or rather face the Patriots and Raiders. All right. Fair enough. Justin, uh, similar,
0: uh, with, with this, uh, you know, Raiders game, What, what was your big takeaway from the way they just got handled by the Falcons?
1: So let's go back to last year when the Raiders were in the same position, like they were, uh, coming into, uh, this past Sunday, they were six and four or, uh, six and five or whatever, whatever they were. Uh, they were like right there in the thick of the playoff, you know, uh, wild card hunt. And they're going into Arrowhead to play the Chiefs. And the Chiefs just absolutely blitz. They, they blitz them. They, they beat the heck out of them. And they were never the same after that. They lost four at the last five or something like that. And they finished uh, seven and nine. And they missed the playoffs. So uh, can we maybe say even though the Raiders did beat the Chiefs at Arrowhead earlier this year can we say the Chiefs are kind of the kryptonite for the Raiders down the stretch um I mean w- w- let's do see what they do uh down the stretch this year but I I I wouldn't be surprised if uh if we see the Raiders stumble again like they did last year and uh it it, it wasn't shocking to me to, to see the Raiders lose and I did pick the Raiders, uh, not only on your last show that I was on, but I also picked them in this uh, ESPN fantasy uh, pick them, the the pick skin pick them thing, whatever whatever you call it. Um, I I picked them there, too, and I'm willing to be wrong whenever I don't get them right because I do love seeing the Raiders lose. Um, so, um, but no, this, this wasn't shocking at all. And the Raiders are showing signs of being an upcoming team and the Chiefs Raiders rivalry is back. And I I do like seeing that, but, um, I, I just won't be, I won't be surprised if the Raiders stumble like they did last year after they got, you know, beat pretty good by the Chiefs at Arrowhead. And this is another not so surprising example.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I would say, like I said, I, I looked at it as a hangover game. Uh, it was bad, though, so anybody who, uh, you know, keeps their eye on the Raiders wondering if this is a, a sign that they just they don't have what it takes, uh, then, you know, that that's fine. We'll see. But, uh, you know, I would say let's wait and see what they do over the next few weeks, knowing they do have a, a good win over the Chiefs, a close loss versus the Chiefs. Like, uh, that means, at the very least, they can get themselves into a game with what I consider, you know, either they're either the best team in the AFC or they're the second best, but either way you can get into a position to be one play away from beating them. That always makes you uh, a contender. So well, unless, a- unless everything falls off for the Raiders and they're much worse than they've been, then I'm still leaving them in that category. I'm not letting the Falcons really change my judgment of where I thought the Raiders. Were.
1: Well, I mean, aren't they kind of putting it all on Derek Carr? a little bit in the, the running games, not quite there. Um, well, the running game was there.
0: This is one game where it didn't work. And, you know, that's tough because you have a guy like Gruden who he wants to run the ball and you get stuck in a game where you're down and you have to make that decision. Do you keep running or do you put it in Derek Carr's hand and try to get him back? I think generally speaking, they've showed a balanced offense. This week it didn't show up. And like I said, uh, without seeing whether that is from the hangover of Putting you know so much focus on that Chiefs game, uh, I won't. I don't really know. So uh, if they keep doing it, maybe things have changed. Maybe you know teams have figured out the the Raiders' offense a little bit. Maybe they know once you shut down Josh Jacobs, maybe Derek Carr isn't as likely to take those shots down the field and make them work. We'll have to see. So unless it can be replicated, I'm not taking away very much from the Falcons game other than yeah, that that's a it's a pretty embarrassing loss. They're gonna have to take that, but also embarrassing losses in the NFL often push good team to pick up their practice pick up their play and play mm-hmm. much better in the weeks after so we'll see what the Raiders do uh, we're just next we're, up.
1: sorry I mean we're, we're just not so used to that because the last time the Chiefs had one of those games was what 20 what 2016 maybe on that Sunday night in Pittsburgh where they just got absolutely blitzed by the Steelers we're, we're, yeah, we're, they, not, we're not used well, the to not
0: losing many games so we, we're not used to them losing at all Right. uh right now uh I was, I was trying to figure out which is the best one to do i, I want to very quickly talk about the bills chargers twenty seven seventeen. just because we just have to talk about that final sequence you have a hell mary play herbert does everything he needs to do to get them potentially score try to go for an onside kick see if maybe they can get themselves back in this game and you just have the worst clock management the worst play calling the worst discipline you've ever seen And eventually not only do they run with no timeouts left and let the clock run down, then with three seconds left, Herbert goes for a sneak and the rest of the offensive line goes back in pass protection and he just gets destroyed by the Bills defense. Like when you watch something like that in a waste of a great Hell Mary play, (sighs) Herbert just continues to try to make it happen and it just doesn't matter. Like I you know, I, I know it's tough to figure out, and it's always tough to try to say that a, a head coach should be fired, but how, how does your job survive when you're Anthony Lynn and you've had this basically be every week of the season, and as much as you want to blame well, we had to turn to a, a rookie signal caller, you got blessed with a pretty darn good one, and you keep putting him in the worst situations that he's clawing, scratching his way out of, and he's rewarded with, you can't even get this team to understand – what they need to do on the goal line down 10 and you nearly got him murdered. I don't know who's at fault for that offensive line going back and pass protection, but considering how much we've seen this throughout the year, no matter who did it in this situation, these moments, these mistakes all fall on Anthony Lynn.
1: Oh, absolutely. And you know, Mac, it always starts at the very top at ownership. If they really care about winning or not. And the fact that this guy is still coaching the Chargers, I, I don't know if it really means they really want to win. Because if they really cared about winning, they wanted to make change, have something different to light a spark under the team. The guy would have been gone by now. I mean, just too many mistakes. And I, I didn't catch the end of that game um, at all because I don't think it was anywhere near on. Here locally, the Bills and Chargers. So I didn't get really that get Sunday
0: ticket, man.
1: I don't have it, man. <laughs> um, but so um, that that that's terrible. I mean, we, we I feel like I've been, I've been seeing a lot of uh, bad clock management here lately. Gruden had it last week against the Chiefs. The Chiefs, you know, managed their game better. Uh, Bruce Arians was terrible uh, against the Chiefs. You know, this past Sunday night, um, and now here we are with with Anthony Lynn. I this just.
0: Yep. I wouldn't even compare what Anthony Lynn did to either of those other two teams. Oh no, no no, are, no, no, no. I'm micro not. mistakes that you know end up costing you in the end. This is buffoonery that has happened all season long at the end of games and not even at the end of the game. The you could go through this entire game. There were probably three or other three or four other moments that weren't in the final couple minutes that the Chargers put themselves into bad situations because of bad coaching bad play calling and not understanding the situation. I think they, they wasted two timeouts uh, on fourth downs Uh, late in the fourth quarter. uh, Before this all happened, they uh, took a timeout with, after already letting the play clock run out, so you lost the time. Then they don't call, like when they call the timeout, instead of taking the false start, they could have still made the field goal from where they were at, but instead to burn the timeout to save those five yards, you get a slightly better field goal opportunity and you've lost time and timeouts going down the stretch, which puts you into that last situation where all hell breaks loose. And I think they did the same timeout situation in the first half. So this is just constant with this team, and it's it's, it's pretty crazy uh, how bad it's been and how great Herbert has still looked in you know in spite of it. So you know, kudos to him. But there's only so long you can go back there with all those things breaking down before you get broken. And I thought he might have gotten broken on that final play. Luckily, he was fine. But. Uh, that Chargers team is not fine. Uh, they, they need to, you know, clean house. I don't, I don't say that lightly, but uh, you don't want to waste Herbert's rookie deal with the head coaches oh. not getting everybody to uh, play up to their potential. Um, next up, I do want to, uh, I'll let you get your last thing and then we'll jump into my final topic, which is just a look at who's a real contender. Uh, but Justin, go ahead.
1: No, I, I'm just going to throw this out there as a possibility. And that's, can, can we maybe say that the players have maybe quit on Anthony Lynn, maybe? I mean, minus Herbert and maybe minus a few others. Can can we maybe say that the, well, the team you know, hasn't quit? I, I wouldn't
0: say that. They're, they're competing in every game. It's mistakes that are, you know, they're sent out and put into bad situations and they keep losing because of those. But in terms of the effort, uh, you know, you'd have to point to me to specific instances where it was an effort issue. Uh, they're being put into the wrong situation. They're trying their best. And, you know, it's like, you know, the pass protection it wasn't like they didn't block well and let Herbert get killed. They were put in the wrong protection. They dropped back two yards and Herbert's diving forward at a defensive of the line that isn't moved back because they're not run blocking. Like, that is a coaching problem. That is whoever told them they're not on the same page. And I, I'm you know, maybe there's some parts where it's effort, but at this point it seems like they're still shelling out and it doesn't matter because Anthony Lynn is not putting them into a, a position to succeed. Uh, the, the next up, uh, you know, I, I said we'll go contenders. So right now, I think top three teams in the league, it's Steelers, Chiefs, Saints. I think even with Drew Brees out, I think the fact that they keep winning, I'll put them into that category. It's just, like I said, really hard to put money on them as the, the favorite when you still don't know if you're going to have Drew Brees back and healthy for the playoff run uh but that's still the top 3. From there, you have five eight and three teams. And you have the Titans, you have the Bills, you have the Browns, you have the Seahawks and Packers on the NFC side. Of those teams, pick one. Who is the real contender to compete for a Super Bowl this year?
1: I'll I'll go with last year's uh Cinderella story. I'll go I'll go with the Titans. Um I mean, they are just they're they're playing exactly the way they are, and they're not apologizing for it. They're they're not going to change who they are. And I really like the about about the Titans, and of course Derrick Henry. What can we say? I mean, the ultimate best uh, running back in in the game. Um, they play physical, and they they absolutely took it to the Colts on on Sunday. And I was actually expecting that to be a close game like it was last time down in Nashville. Actually, was it was it close last time in Nashville or no? Did the Colts I think
0: I think the Colts it I don't know if it came down to the wire, but it it wasn't a blowout. Colts did not win by a lot, I don't think. I could be. Okay. Wrong.
1: Yeah, so but the point is I was I was expecting those two to be in a in a tight battle, but Tennessee mm-hmm. absolutely just took it to them and I think right now, I mean outside of um
0: 34 seventeen. So it was a decent oh, okay. Play, okay. But not not a blowout.
1: Okay. Uh, but outside of the Chiefs and Steelers and I mean okay okay, okay okay of course, I mean the Browns and there's some others you can maybe look out for, but I think to me the third best team in the AFC is the Tennessee Titans. And it it won't it won't shock me if they find a way to make another deep run into the playoffs, maybe meet up with the Chiefs again in the AFC championship game. Maybe. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not penciling it in, but I'm just saying maybe it's a it's a possibility. But I really like that team.
0: That's fair. And I I think honestly, if I was to pick, and like you just if there wasn't conferences, if there wasn't this, uh, you know the the way the games will have to be split. If I was just trying to figure out who are the best teams in that group, like I think the average person would go Seahawks Packers. But I think honestly. The Titans and the Bills are better built. And I think even the Browns, where I think they have the lower ceiling, I still feel like they have the higher floor than the Seahawks and Packers. I feel like the way the defense is built and the way they know we need to run the ball and Baker Mayfield, like we have to play within what he can do. And, you know, I think Stefanski is getting closer to getting Baker Mayfield to play within the system well. There are those missed throws, but he's also made throws. And Mm -hmm. so I, I, I would argue, I mean, It's probably not the Browns, but I think the Titans and Bills for sure are the better teams. The problem is those three are all in the AFC. Like if I'm picking a Cinderella, I'm picking a Super Bowl contender. I'm like if I'm thinking it's Chiefs. And then if it ain't the Chiefs, it's the Steelers. You know, like that's how I would like pick the hierarchy. Like either the Chiefs make it or if they fall, like I just imagine it's the Steelers to get through. Uh, So I have a hard time imagining any of those three doing it. Then it becomes difficult on the NFC side because I just, like, I don't even know if the Seahawks and Packers are better than the next group of teams. We talked about it earlier with the Bucs being at 7-5. There are 7-5 and five teams that I'm like, I, I don't know. I don't know if that if either of these two squads are better. I would have to go with the Packers just because I think they play the more complete game. I think you have Aaron Rodgers, who this year is back to MVP form. I think mm-hmm. at times the running game hasn't gone well, but Aaron Jones also is a guy who when the situation is right, has dominated in the run game. So you have that as a possibility down the stretch. The defense has gone back and forth. They've had some bad games, but they've all said times They've made the right plays at the right time, and they have talent there. So with the Seahawks, I would need a couple more weeks to see if this defense, like we said, they've played better the last two weeks, but one of them the Eagles. That doesn't count. If that defense is better, I might change my answer to the Seahawks. But for now, I think it's the Packers. I think with Knowing that the NFC is wide open to me, I would not pick the Saints, and so that gives me more. Whichever team it is has to come from the NFC, and I would say right now the Packers have a slight edge over the Seahawks. Although, like I said, I'm not sure that they're better than the Titans and Bills. I'm not sure how much better they are than the Browns. Uh, that's the weird spot we're in with these eight and three teams right now. But that that's what I would pick. That's what if I, you know, we did redid Super Bowl bets. I think I still would have Chiefs, and then mm-hmm. uh, on the NFC side. Man, it's, I think I'd pick Seahawks to start the year. I'm not moving, you know? like uh, I, There have been a lot of reasons for me to budge, but because there's nothing that pushes me to another team, I'm keeping with the Seahawks, which that's a good way to hedge my bet. Pick Packers as the real contender here, but keep Seahawks as my team. <laughs> that's, that's the number one way to win at betting is, uh, you know, bet two ways and then pretend like you got it right. Um, any other NFL stuff that we need to hit before we get on out of here?
1: Um, I, I was just gonna, you know, kind of, uh, jump in on, on your point with the Seahawks. Um, they're definitely a team that can make a run, especially with this defense. I mean, if they play the way they did, and of course, I know you said Eagles don't count. And I, and I agree because the Eagles are just playing absolutely terrible. Of course, they're in that awful division. Um, but if they play the way they have the last two weeks and if Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf continue to, you know, dominate and then of course you get uh, former K Stater Tyler Lockett, you know, involved and he can have a big game every now and then like he did a few weeks ago when he had what, fifty fancy points that one night against the the Cardinals on that Sunday night. I think it was. That probably was when he had he had he had three touchdowns, he had uh fifteen receptions for Ooh, how was it? Almost 200 yards, something like that. Uh, I, I got beat bad because of that. <laughs> Thank you, Tyler. Um, uh, but yeah, Seattle is definitely a, a team I think nobody wants to play come playoff time. That's only if the defense can continue to get better and just keep stacking their performances and just getting better better and better because we know the offense they're going to score because Russell Wilson is one of the premier quarterbacks in the league and they've got one of the best duo receivers as we just talked about whereas as I talked about with uh, DK Metcalf and Lockett so hey, they're their team on the on the lookout
0: yeah that's fair and like I said uh, I'll, I'll leave the Seahawks penciled in there is my my Super Bowl pick and we'll, we'll see if they can uh, keep that defense going I think the scary part would be that uh, the first game that was a good defensive effort was keeping Kyler Murray in check, and he's been kept mm-hmm. in check two weeks in a row, so now it's starting to wonder if maybe it's uh, more tape on Kyler Murray. They've started to kind of limit what he does well and, uh, you know, uh, take at the very least, they're taking him out of the MVP conversation. We'll see if he gets off the snide this week, and we'll see if the Seahawks' performance against him was, uh, you know, something to be impressed with and something to take away as the Seahawks uh, improving down the stretch, but uh, a lot of questions that we still have uh, even after... 12 weeks of action uh, going down the stretch here that we're getting into the fantasy football playoffs, So I assume we're going to be a lot more on edge for future conversations. We're also going to start talking a little bit more. NBA is, uh, you know, right on the horizon for them starting their season. I can't believe they're already going to try to get back in there, but you know, got to make money, I guess. Uh, NCAA Mm -hmm. right now, uh, you got the basketball going. uh, So we're going to have conversations about that. It's weird. I will definitely have more conversations about NCAA hoops than football just because. Like I said, I enjoy watching NSA football, but in terms of knowing what's going on, I'm so confused half the time. And my favorite team to watch, KU Football, is not good talk for a podcast. That's not how yeah. you get viewers. So uh, you, we haven't talked too much about that, but we will jump in. There are some good conversations. I think on Thursday we're going to try to hit uh, you know, college football playoff talk. Uh, right now, Ohio State might not even get enough games to be allowed to play in their conference championship or uh, be eligible right. for the college football playoff. So there is a lot of interesting things happening. as always, uh, everything is pulled into the, the gravitational pull of uh, COVID. And so we'll have some conversations there about kind of what the NFL is looking like. Do they get that game Raven Steelers tomorrow night? Will we will be able to recap that on Thursday. Uh, will there be some issues with uh, KU playing against Kentucky uh, in basketball and just coming off a, uh, you know, a performance where they were in contact with a team that is now in you know in quarantine had a covid positive uh we're gonna have to face that in even more sports as we get going there's gonna be more of those stories and we'll start talking about those but that'll be on thursday's episode so tune back in uh same time around the noon hour we try to get in our sports talk with you guys so uh fans make sure you come back and we will definitely have too many points for you on the tell me more podcast that's all we have for today later folks